Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Alive for More, a dialogue with Catholic young adults produced by AM820 to encourage and inspire the universal call to holiness. And now, Alive for More. Welcome back to Alive for More, and my name is Kayla Walton, and I am joined in the studio by Jill Yarmish, Trisha Casson, and Father Nick Ventura. And today we will be talking about young adults in the church. But before we begin, Joel, can you please open us up in prayer? Yeah, absolutely. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for all the gifts that you have given us. We thank you for all the good examples you've given us um, that show us how to uh, live out our faith. Um, We pray in a special way for all the young adults in the church. um, And we pray through um, the words that uh, your Son has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give, give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Joel. And as I had mentioned before, today we are going to be talking about young adults in the church. And I think that you know, a lot of times we think about how, you know, what in in what ways can we give of ourselves? And I think that oftentimes we forget about opportunities that we have in our own parish communities. And so we're just going to maybe go around the table today and talk about, you know, ways that we've been involved or ministries that we feel really connected to that, you know, we can offer as a gift to others. Okay, and, I have a question. Do I count? All right, fine. Yes, <laughs> Father Ventura, you totally count. Um, let's, you know, maybe backtrack a couple years, though, and think about okay. when you were in the seminary, how were you involved? Because clearly you're extremely involved as a parish priest now. Yeah. So. I mean, some things that immediately come to mind mm-hmm. is that it was even before I entered seminary, I was part of a youth group core team. Okay, so that was yeah. one thing. Can you explain what is a core team? Because to be honest, I just learned about a core team maybe two years ago. Okay, I might need some help from uh, Trisha and Joel because I only have limited knowledge of this too. My understanding of it so far mm-hmm. is that it's a group of adults mm-hmm. who work with the youth minister, youth director mm-hmm. of a parish to help plan a program for the youth of that parish to kind of get things rolling. They're kind of like the workers for the youth director. Trisha, I exactly, mean, that- Father. Yeah, and usually during youth groups, someone on the core team would like lead a small group of high schoolers. Okay. Um, sometimes maybe give a talk at the youth night or just be present on the retreats. Uh, I have a friend who is a youth minister in Texas, and as we know, everything is bigger in Texas, right? (laughs) (laughs) Including including their youth groups. So um, this this parish that he's a youth group at, it's St. Anne's and Capel, and it's a suburb of Dallas, so it has a lot of people living there. And um, they have like 500 kids in their youth group, like crazy. Wait, wait, Their youth group is bigger than our high school. Are their youth groups bigger than some of our parishes? Yeah, right. yeah. Everything is bigger in Texas. But what's interesting about this youth group is that their core team is made up of fifty young adults, which I'm like so jealous of. So um, there's, I think, three youth ministers at this parish, and my friend in particular is in charge of the core team. That's one of his uh, ministries, and so it's almost like a youth group in itself. But so their core team, that's made up of fifty young adults, help lead these five hundred youth you know, high schoolers towards Christ. But what happens is that they have 
they have created a community amongst themselves now. So not only are they giving to the youth, but they're also receiving from each other. You know, they're, some of them are raising young families, and so they have that support of somebody else who's maybe in the same state of life, or a lot of them are meeting their spouses that way. You mm-hmm. know, they, he was saying there's been a lot of weddings between people who are on the court team mm-hmm. because you're meeting somebody of like mind. And what I would say um, in regards to that is there, I think there's some sort of a, I guess, a misconception when you see that where you're just... I don't know if babysitting's not the right word, but you're just watching kids while they participate in this type of thing. But uh, it's very interactive, and I've I found in all of my participation in these type of events, I always come out um, with more knowledge than I came in with. So it's not like somewhere where you know you're volunteering six hours at a marathon or something like that. You're actually participating. It's interactive. Uh, you're growing as well as the children. And um, yeah, I've always walked away from. Um, youth uh, youth group involvement uh, in a really with a really positive effect on my own faith. And I think too, you know, Trisha mentioned being on core team and what that provides for the person who's on core team. And Trisha and I are on core team at St. Patrick's Church. And I know that in my own life, it has been such a blessing, um, you know, to have it. We meet one night a week for our high schoolers and to have that one night a week dedicated to just ministry, you know, and it's so life-giving to it to give life to others in a sense. And, um, you know, we, we get to hear the talks too, and we get to praise too, and we get to pray too. And all of these things, you know, again, it's, we often receive much more than we give. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if you're not able to commit one night a week, then, you know, you can always speak to the youth minister about, you know, do you need volunteers for big events? Mm -hmm. But if you, if that's something that you might be able to give is one night a week, I would definitely talk to youth minister at your home parish or at, a church nearby to see if you can help out with their youth group. Absolutely. Uh, Kelly, uh, my wife and I, um, I don't know, we've, we just had our baby. So our baby's uh, kind of a full-time job, Mm -hmm. a full-time job. Exactly. So um, we knew um, going in that we wouldn't be able to commit to any sort of long-term commitment like that, but we're always um, looking for opportunities. And so our name is out there in our parish um, for any, any type of service that we can provide that are short-term. And Father Nick, um, I'm sure that as a priest, you have many of opportunities for anyone who comes up to you and says, I'm looking to get involved in my uh, in no, any way. Joel, you're exactly right, because I've had, I mean, in fact, I've had to start at St. Peter's, a young adult group, to kind of, again, it's not a ministry thing, but it's a thing just to get them all together, mm-hmm. get us all together and talking and interacting. Mm-hmm. It's really a neat opportunity. And, you know, if someone, if a young adult would come up to me and say, Father, I, I want to serve the church, what can I do? I immediately start thinking, okay, youth group core team, oh, you can't do that. What about teaching CCD? What about, you know, we have this one group that's trying to get this off the ground. They could use some young blood, as it were, to mm-hmm. kind of inject some life mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. it. Um, there are other events, too. We need people on representatives and diocesan things, too, lay representation from our parish. You know, there's just so much opportunity, and sometimes it just takes asking the parish priest, hey, Father, I want to be more involved. What can I do? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Is that your experience, Tricia? Or... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and asking God, too, you know, what 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 are you asking me to do at this time? You know, open any doors you want me to walk through and close any that, you know, aren't right for me or my talents or my abilities. Um, and just working at a hospital, you know, sometimes the you the Eucharistic ministers who come through to, um, you know, give the body of body of Christ to my patients are college students mm-hmm. at the Newman Center. And mm-hmm. that brings so much life. 
you know, to have a young person visit somebody who's sick in the hospital. And so that's another opportunity. I have a friend who actually does that. He's a young man and um, he gives communion, I think, at Riverside, maybe. I'm not, and anyways, it doesn't matter. But um, he talks about how awesome it is and how mm-hmm. li- rewarding and life-giving. Um, but, you know, I don't mean to get us off track completely, but young adults in the church, I don't think it necessarily has to be what we're doing mm-hmm. um, or, you know, like checking off a box like, oh, I teach CCD, check. I'm in youth group, check. I think it needs to be about what what can a young adult do in the church. My initial reaction is to go to church and to oh. receive the sacraments. <laughs> like, I mean, that's, well, yeah, you took yeah the words because right we are mouth. the young people who are working in the world right now. If we're young adults, chances are, you know, we're not married yet, or even if we are, we're probably still working. But we're not married yet. We have all this time. We're meeting people in the world. We're encountering them, um, and so. We need to be filled by the grace of God and we can't give what we we don't have. And so I think the most important thing a young adult can do in the church is go to mass and receive the sacrament of reconciliation and be filled by the beauty of the Catholic church and the life-giving grace found in the sacraments. Because if we're not, then what good are we on a mm-hmm. core team? Trisha, that is an excellent point. And uh, especially as a priest that I uh, have an opportunity to talk to people, one of the things our Lord told us to do, in fact, like there's a lot, all sorts of things that he encouraged us to do, but one of the things he said he told us to do if we are baptized is to go make disciples of all nations. I mean... If we're not doing that, we're not... It's like Pope Francis says, a a church that's not on mission is a dead church. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A church that's not on mission is a church that has no life in it. And so if we're young adults, I mean, praying, being a part of the life of the church, but that life of the church means going out and talking to the people you meet. Hey, do you know Jesus Christ? Maybe not that bluntly, um, if you're kind of scared about that. But, you know, making people know the light and truth of the gospel, you know, making them more alive for more. And that's the show you're listening to on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM 820. My name is Father Nick Ventura. And we're all talking together here. It's uh, Trisha Casson, Joel Yarmish, Kayla Walton. We're talking about, you know, we've talked about it before, young adults in the church, but more specifically, not just like ministries for young adults in the church, but, you know, how young adults can give back to the church. And you can listen to us Thursdays at noon, Sundays at three, or online on demand at stgabrielradio.com. And Kayla, you were kind of, you started this whole uh, topic. I think uh, we need to give you a turn to kind of chime in. Yeah, (laughs) Sure. I think that obviously, you know, Trisha makes a very good point, you know, just about what it is that that we need to be focused on. And um, I think that, you know, in, in the church, we we have as we spoke before about is Pope Francis and Pope Francis said something really neat one time he said you know we cannot be mere administrators um, we have to be perpetually in a state of mission mm-hmm. and so you know I think that that is definitely it is that we have to be in a state of mission um, and while I do think that receiving the sacraments is so important and personal prayer life has to be at the root of everything we do I think that there are there is a need to kind of talk through like the practical aspects of okay we're a young adult in the church. We have these gifts and talents. We are receiving the sacraments. Where do we go from here? And so I know we mentioned being on a core team, um, you know, teaching CCD. Some of our listeners may not know what CCD is. So, because it's called PSR now, I think. Trisha one and Kayla is zero. And now Trisha, what does CCD stand for? Or PSR. There we go. That's what I thought. Conf- 
fraternity of the Christian doctrine or a parish school of religion. It's technically what those stand for. Okay, is it now Carol one, Trisha one? Uh, But, you know, okay, bringing it back to reality, really, you know, CCD, PSR, whatever it is that we call it, it is a weekly session where children in the church can um, receive catechesis. So usually it's children who go to a public school. Um, or are homeschooled, or you know they may very well go to a Catholic school, but their parents, for whatever reason, want them to receive weekly, um, you know, weekly catechesis, weekly teaching of the faith. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say most oftentimes this is on Sunday mornings, and they, you know, these churches just really need it, teachers. And most of the times they're not just teachers; they're business people, or nurses, or mm-hmm. doctors. And you know, if that's something that appeals to you, it. Call your parish office and say, do we have PSR or CCD? And now, has anybody here at, at this table been a PSR teacher before? Yeah. Trisha, I have, I've, I've, Trisha yep. was raising okay. her hand, which people could not actually hear. But yes, Trisha. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've had the great gift um, and honor to teach at St. Catherine's in Bexley High for the last five years, teaching seventh grade. Mm-hmm. And um, it has, you know, out of all of the extracurricular activities, you know, I've been asked to do or I've been involved with teaching... Um, the youth on Sundays has been the most edifying for me, the most rewarding. Trisha, I do have a question though. Like Mm -hmm. what kind of preparation do you do? Do you have to like do crafts and stuff or are you like, I guess I'm not Well, hopefully by seventh grade, we're still not crafting. Okay. (laughs) There is nothing wrong with hands-on learning. Huge problem. Nothing wrong with hands-on learning. I was going to say, (laughs) you're never too old for crafting. Well, I'm a mean teacher and we don't do many crafts. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. So like Um, what kind of responsibility... Yeah, Joel, uh, I was something. just going to say, in my experience, um, you have to kind of each each subject is different. Um, you're going to cover a wide array of topics in your CCD year. Um, there, there, and and no student is going to be the same. I think the hard part about PSR and CCD is I am not an educator. I didn't go to school to be an educator. I didn't. I don't have any of these tools yet. I'm enlisted with the same, I guess, responsibilities that. Um, people go to school for six and eight years to be able to do. So um, it is difficult. There is a learning curve. Um, You do have to um, do some research on how to be an an educator. And like I said, I'm never going to be as good as someone who's went to school, but um, you just bring passion to it. You try and find however way, whatever way you can reach the student. And that's the best way that you can do it. And, you know, I think, and Joel's so right, you know, um, And that's why it's important to ask God, you know, God, what are you asking me to do? You know, open a door, send somebody, make it obvious. Because if God's asking you to teach, you know, seventh grade CCC or whatever grade you taught, Joel, you know, you're given the graces. You know, he's Mm -hmm. never going to, he doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. And you just have to remember, we have to remember that when we're out in the world and and doing what we think God is asking us to do. Um, And not to, you know, keep talking about PSR, but the diocese does make it easy because there's benchmarks that every mm-hmm. seventh grader should know by the end of seventh grade. So mm-hmm. really all you have to do is cover all the benchmarks. Um, right. It's just as simple as following kind of a manual. Uh, and, and, but, and in the wavelength of, you know, using your gifts and talents, let's be reminded of what St. Paul says in Romans uh, for, as in one body, we have many members and all the members do not have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individual members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Um, and so we're all given different gifts and talents. And so maybe some of us aren't, you know, equipped to teach seventh grade PSR. But that's the beauty of being a young adult as we get to pray like, Lord, who are we? What gifts did you give me? Um, how can I be used? You know, and I think too, Trisha, that 
something, you know, as we're thinking about how can we provide a service to the church, it could be something as meaningful and as simple as signing up for a holy hour. You know, we have um, three parishes, actually four parishes in the diocese who have perpetual adoration. And, you know, I know that, you know, the goal of having perpetual adoration is to have at least one person, hopefully two people signed up for every single hour, 24 hours mm-hmm. a day, seven days a week. And I know that there um, there are a couple of parishes who just really, they they need someone to sign up for these hours. And so, you know, that in and of itself is such a beautiful ministry. And um, oftentimes it can be overlooked because, you know, your name isn't on the PSR website or your mm-hmm. name isn't out there for the court team or, you know, it's just, it's very subtle, but it's so needed, so needed. Just like, you know, the cloistered sisters and um, cloistered monks are are perpetually praying for the church. Taking a holy hour is a beautiful ministry. And as young adults, we are probably the most free to do that because at three in the morning, we don't have to worry about, you know, feeding a child or, you except know. Except Joel here. Except Joel. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> but you, you go. You get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, th- that is an excellent point, Kayla. And also at the same time, you it's not you don't have to be limited to just like these other PSR or core team. You could also get involved in the parish council. You could get involved with, you know, some committees at the parish that have other people on it. Because most of the time they are people have been there a long time. It's also a great opportunity for us to learn. Yeah. Huh. And um uh, and just a reminder, you are listening to mm-hmm. Alive for More on AM 820. You can listen online, on demand, anytime at stgabrielradio.com. Um, you can l- listen to the show on Thursdays at noon or Sundays at 3.30. 3. 3. Um, if you log on at 3.30, it'll be too late. Um, <laughs> but something that I was thinking about, um, going back to um, Trisha was was talking about attending Mass. There are simple actions that you can take um, um, s- as simple as going to Mass. Going to Mass will allow you to hear other opportunities for you to serve your church. Um, but the one thing that I was thinking was was just, it's it's more of a need for the young adults to live consistently. Um, I think that um, every time that we as young members of the church are out in public, I know it's, it's cliche, but we do represent our faith. And I think that living a life of more consistency will do a better job of of helping us serve our life of mission. So um, that was just something that I was uh, reflecting upon when thinking about ways that you can serve the church is to be the best billboard you can be for the entire church. And that's, and that by living consistently, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Joe. I mean, we all are called to this, but you know, how often is it that one sees like a young adult just, you know, on fire with the faith? I mean, uh, there are lots of us out there, but you know, just being out there, being seen, being known, hey, he or she is Catholic. Mm-hmm. That's something that's part of your life. And each of us are called to do that. Each of us is called to holiness. Yeah. It's not just for priests, not just for sisters, not just for um, those uh, people who have it all together. It's for all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And- um, yeah, I'm um, just just piggybacking on that. You know, depending on what site you look at, um, I've seen attendance as low as 24 percent of act, of active Catholics go to church every week, and that's down from like 55 percent back in 1965. And so, just putting yourself in the shoes of the people who no longer go to mass, like why do they not go to mass? And and just using using that opportunity of of seeing that need right there, what can you do to call others to mass with you? So. 
Yeah, and Trisha. Um, Just uh, through this conversation, you know, I'm thinking of one thing maybe young Catholics could do, and I feel hypocritical a little saying this because it's something that I don't do. Mm-hmm. Um, but we could take back social media. You know, there are so many, anybody can blog these days, right? And we see so much on the internet. Like, uh, write an article about something you're passionate about. We have a Catholic newspaper in our diocese. Start sending letters to the editor. I mean, I'm sure they're looking for things to publish sometimes, and they probably want to hear from young people. Um so, and yeah, in that sense, like if your gift is expressing yourself through writing, maybe you don't want to be around people all the time. Let's take over every part of media, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're on radio right now. We uh, can go on social media. There's all sorts of opportunities for this. I mean, we have technology to do that, given to us by God, of course. I mean, he's calling us on to do these sorts of things. You know, and I think, um, Jill, you were mentioning too before about the importance of attending Mass and encouraging others to do the same. And I can think of, um, you know, a few people in my life who are young adults who have stopped attending Mass for whatever reason. And if I look, you know, just if I look at them with love, I can maybe see that maybe they're not going because of a feeling of guilt. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's there's a part of me, actually a lot of me that wants to, uh, you know, to tell young people that there are so many churches in the Diocese of Columbus that have a confession right before Mass like the 30 minutes before Mass or an hour before Mass, I can think of, you know, Holy Name, St. Patrick's, um, Corpus Christi downtown. You know, there are, or I'm sorry, Holy Cross. All of these churches, you know, have confession before Mass. And so if there's a young adult in your life who you think, wow, I really want to encourage them to go to church, but I think that, you know, they they may feel guilty beforehand or however it is, you know, tell them it's never too late. Like there Mm -hmm. is the sacrament of reconciliation right before mass. So you don't have to, you know, feel guilty at going to mass, you know, and, and and a great resource for that would also be mm masstimes.org. Great, great site, great filter system to figure out exactly what time Mm -hmm. by your area, by your zip code, what times mass, what times confession, what times anything. So a great Mm -hmm. resource for that. So, yeah. So kind of review of what we've talked about. We've talked Mm -hmm. about young adults getting involved in youth core team, youth group core team. There's, teaching in PSR, there's just being present at Mass. We've also talked about, you know, getting on, involved in parish council. What other ways uh, are have you guys experienced? I mean, I've kind of talked about it a lot, but Kayla. You know, I think this is something that's really silly and little, but it's actually something I love to do is on Sunday morning to take the bulletin from my home parish and just sit down with a cup of coffee and like actually read the bulletin because there are so many opportunities to get involved and to be present at different events and to, you know, maybe provide that ministry. Like maybe they're having um, an upcoming funeral and they need someone to make a dessert mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe they're having um, an event and they need a babysitter or whatever it is, you know, just keeping yourself informed. And I think that, you know, the, the bulletins are out there for a reason and there's actually really good information in them. Trisha, right. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite quotes from Mother Teresa, actually, I think it was from a Hindu Somebody and Mother Teresa just used it a lot, um, so I don't want to misquote it. But she says that, um, I dreamed that life was all joy. I awoke and saw that life was all service. I served and saw that service is joy. And um, and just and I in my own life, and I'm sure in our, all of our lives, like we've seen that to be true when we've really given up ourselves is when we experience joy. And I think as young adults in our culture, it can be a lonely time. Um, because we're, you know, we're out of our parents' house, but yet we don't have our own mm-hmm. nuclear family yet. And we do have a lot of free time as young adults. Um, and when, you know, that's why the church is, uh, how do I describe this? She's our mother and, and she knows how to best take care of us. 
Uh, and I think by giving us all of these opportunities to serve is just also a sense of her just taking care of us that we don't get lost in loneliness or um, despair or, you know, spend all this time by ourselves and become egotistic and hard to work with. But no, we're given all of these opportunities to find real joy in the church. Mm-hmm. Um no, precisely, Trisha. And Joel, what about you? And it's just so funny. You just jogged my memory by talking about joy. When I think back at uh, some of the most fulfilling things that my wife and I have been able to be a part of in the church, and I think back to my wife used to do RCIA mm-hmm. in church all the time, and she would be a sponsor for for people in RCIA, and to like just to be the person that gets to welcome more people into the faith. I mean, that's just like to be completely live out our call and to just guide people to the church and, and be in a very um, active way, welcoming other people into the church. Uh, I just remember that she, she, she was always so excited to go to those meetings and to, to be there Easter Sunday when mm-hmm. or Easter vigil, Easter Saturday night, when um, just welcome new members to the church. Right. And I think, you know, something that's really important to note about that, Joel, is that, you know, to be a sponsor for an RCIA, um, um, what's the candidate word? candidate? Thank you. An RCA candidate. You don't actually have to know them. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, exactly. you can just, um, you know, tell the RCA coordinator or tell the pastor even, you know, I really want to be a sponsor for someone. I think that our Lord is calling me to this and they'll pair you up with someone because quite often there are people who want to come into the church who may not know anyone. So, you know, thinking it, we don't have to think of it as I want to be a part of RCA, but I don't really have anyone to bring who's becoming Catholic, it can just be, I think that this is what our Lord is calling me to. Can you place me with someone? Because there really is that need. There's that need for that, Mm -hmm. you know? No, precisely it. And, you know, and the thing is, too, a lot of us sometimes want to get involved with the church because we're feeling called to the church. But some of us may be doing it in a sense like, oh, I'm I'm called for a family. And we just need to be open to our vocations, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. open to what God made us for. Mm-hmm. You know, we're made for something. We're made to be alive for more. And that's the show you're listening to on St. Gabriel Radio. Sorry, I had to get that in there, Kayla. No, she is, you can't see this, listeners, but she's rolling her eyes mm-hmm. pretty intensely right now. But anyways, before getting off too off track, vocations. God made us to be called to something. We all have a role in the church. And sometimes some of us are called to religious life, maybe the priesthood or, you know, the the married life. It's all part of it. It's all interconnected. Mm-hmm. And the only way you can find out your vocation is by getting to know the church. So, I mean, that's kind of like my plug there. So, Kayla. Well, I think that it's actually time to close with a prayer. Okay. So, um, Father, could you uh, close in prayer and give us your blessing? Certainly. Thank you. Pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we give you thanks for all that we have today. Help us to be aware of your plan for us and make us humble that we may follow it with joy and love. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 The Lord be with you. And, and with, with your spirit. spirit. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Ventura. Please know of our prayers for you, and until next time, God bless. Alive for More is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Alive for More and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com. Veni, so-